0: hi guys welcome back to the full-time show sports stars indian football special podcast i'm not your usual host for the week my name is lavanya and sham is there uh (laughs) welcome back to the episode sham as as is appropriate to say i suppose
1: thank you lavanya it's a pleasure to be back on the full-time show
0: absolutely I'm just stealing your slot uh, because this is not a usual episode. This isn't one of those raps that we're going to spend time talking about results or... Yeah, obviously we'll touch on it, but then this is not one of those episodes where we're going to be discussing performances of the week. This episode is dedicated to a rather grim development in the league uh, at the start of this month, which involved Odisha FC. Uh, Rather unsavory comments were made by the head coach and that's resulted in a whole conversation about the said incident. Uh, I'm not going to speak in third person and so formally. I'm just going to let Sham sort of explain what the context of this episode is about. Considering you live blogged the entire game, you saw this happen as it did. And in fact, were one of the earliest voices to sort of speak about it on Twitter as well. So, Sham, why don't you just give our listeners a little bit of a context of what we're going to be discussing today?
1: Yeah, to jump right into it, we're going to talk about um, Stuart Baxter, the former Odisha FC coach who has been uh, who had been sacked for his unsaved comments following his side's 1-0 loss to or FC on the 1st of February. So, after the game, you know, they had a few refereeing decisions which didn't work in their favour. And after the game, a visibly exasperated Stuart Baxter, you know, in the post-match conference was lamenting about the refereeing decisions, which has been a norm this season. Most coaches have... You know, very ex- been very vocal of how the refereeing should improve in the league. And when talking about uh, the, the set topic, he he made a very um, unsavory, another callous statement. He just went on to say that you know I don't know if uh, if if one of my players should should get raped or rape someone to win a penalty in 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 to win in the box to win a penalty. And I, when I when I first heard that, I was live blogging the game and I was transcribing the quotes. I didn't really think you know I didn't I didn't I didn't quite digest or want to believe the fact that he said that. So I texted a colleague. What do you my, think he said instead? I think he said "ripped" or "stripped." Like, you no, know, the accent was kind of hard to understand. I don't know if this is just me, but I didn't really grasp. I initially thought that he said the word "rape," but I wasn't too sure. So I asked my colleague, who was also watching the game, if um if he heard the same thing as I did. And he said, "No, I don't think it's." I mean, you know, it was hard to understand. Maybe he didn't say what he said, but if he did, then that's outrageous. So you know, both of us just like spoke about for a minute, for a for a, for a brief for a brief while. And we just let it go, saying, you know, okay, let's see if somebody puts up a replay on Twitter, or let's see if something happens. If you see, if you can get a replay, we can confirm this. And, well, you know, as Indian Twitter works, as Indian football Twitter works, in 20 minutes, we had a video, first video up on social media. And when I heard that, like, three, four times, I was able to, like, you know, clearly hear the word that he said, the word rape. And that was, like... It was bizarre. Like it's 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 the worst analogy you can give. It's the worst. It's the worst kind of connection to make. And it's something that doesn't belong. It doesn't even make any sense on a football pitch. It it makes absolutely no sense. It was a, possibly the worst, you know, um, analogy to ever use. And you know, after that, yeah, I, mean, I think we most most of football Twitter was part of it. We saw the kind of outrage that you know kind of sparked upon, sparked out right after that, with you know everybody calling for a sacking and. You know, the club, on their part, took, I think, an hour to respond and said that we're looking into the incident and we want to ensure that Ruchaf is a, is a safe space. And the day after, the morning after, I think so they had developments through the night. They worked on it all night. And then the morning after, they announced a the decision that they were going to sack Stuart Baxter, one of the most, I think he's the oldest coach in the, he was the oldest coach in the ISL this year. So they decided to sack him. And yeah, this episode is essentially breaking down how that went down. The decision to sack him. Where the decision stemmed from? Was there any other choices that the um, top level management had? Were they considering, you know, to perhaps suspend him and then uh, reinstate him later on? Or was the sacking an obvious option? We discussed that and a lot more with the club's CEO, Rohan Sharma, and the club's newly appointed president, Raj Athwal.
0: So let's dive straight into the episode then.
1: hi rohan hi raj welcome to the full-time show it's it's great to have you guys on the podcast i mean we understand it's it's been a very tough few days for you for all of you involved in the club and we're really um grateful for you to sit down and talk to us about the entire incident which has been anything but comfortable i'm sure it's been one week since Stuart baxter's um sacking and we'd like to talk to you about how things went down how tough a decision it was for you to make and especially considering raj you've just joined the club Less than two months ago, so now I mean it was obviously a great ideation for you in Indian football. All right, to start with, uh, I'll start with you, Rohan. You know, to begin with, you know, chefs was having a rough time, you know, in terms of results as well, and then came along Stuart Baxter's unsavory comments. So I mean, I like for, I like to ask you, you know, can you take us through how the developments of the night were when you heard what Baxter said on air, and how you took it, and you know, the in the hours that followed, how did you react to it, and what was what what was the mood like in the in, in, among the management, what was it like for you guys to hear your head coach say something that on, on air, on television?
2: Obviously, the big part initially was like, you know, we're not doing well. And, and, and you know, we had talks like, do we want to move on? And I think the general consensus was, no, let's just finish the season and see how things go. And then take an internal call at the end of the season. Because, you know, it doesn't make sense when you're in the bubble. You couldn't bring a new coach in, right? You could never ever do this. By the time you bring someone in you, it doesn't make sense to do it. Cause in the last two games of the season, so what's the hell are you doing it for? You're just doing it just to do it, and then it doesn't look good. So we weren't planning to make a move. And then I remember, I, the funny thing is, I'll, t- I'll even take you hour by hour what happened. And I remember after that game, the jump ship game, I was talking to Raj on the phone. So I, I usually talk to Raj after every game, you just kind of kvetch, you know, and say what happened here. And on the phone, I I I just saw because I, I go on you know Twitter to see what people are saying, and then I saw some comments saying, "So wow, I can't believe Stewart said that." I was like, okay, that's weird. Why would that happen? And then and it was, I couldn't see what nobody was saying what he was saying. There is reacting to that thing. So I had no idea. I, I wasn't watching the post-game conference. Uh, so I never, and actually never do. But uh, I, I, then, I, then I slowly, things are trickling out. Then I saw the word, you know, of course, rape being thrown around. And I'm like, uh-oh. I said, what did he say? But I have no video of things. So I had no idea what to react to that either. So, and I told Roger on the phone, I'm like, I think he's, I said, I, said, I, I think something has gone wrong. And he goes, Roger goes, what? And he goes, I, I, I go, i I'm seeing stuff on social media about what, something Stuart has said, and I think do with rape. And and Stuart, and I remember Roger's quiet for like three seconds on the phone. And then uh, and he's like, what did he say? I said, I don't know, but I'll get back to you if I, as soon as I see something, hear something. I text Abik, who's our head football, and she's like, were you at the press conference with him? And he goes, no, I was in the match commissioner's office complaining about the rap Okay. And finally, I saw the video that was tweeted up, I think on Mumbai City, and he tweeted and I was like, oh God, you got to be kidding me. And I and I called Raj, I'm like, Raj, we gotta do something about this. And then we he I sent him the link and then he called me like in a panic. He was like, oh my God. And he was like, he was horrified. And we both were like, we were like kind of like tears in the headlights for me. Like, How do we because the interesting thing is you see this happen, like, I mean, I call US sports and I see all these other teams when there's something that happens, like someone like you know, domestic abuse, or when it's like a player who does something like wrong, he says like something like the N-word or something like that, and you see how teams handle it. And you never think it's gonna happen to you. Then it happens to you, and then you're like, "Wow!" Then so we had a, we had I had a series of three calls with with uh, uh, with Raj. I think with time uh, we had a serious call about what to do. Uh, I think it was about eleven p.m. my time, which would have been seven o'clock UK time, and about almost one thirty you uh, your guys's time in the morning. And I said, "We got to do a statement." Let's just. I said, I know what to say because at this point I couldn't do anything without anybody's permission, and I couldn't just like say. Immediately fire him and say let's terminate. I said okay, let's just put out a statement. Let's say that we can at least apologize, acknowledge it, uh, so we know that we're aware of it, and not like seem like we're hiding from it. Because I know if you don't address this within the first twenty four hours, forget it. It's just then you're you're like kind of kind of supporting it or you're, you're kind of undermining what people are you know saying. So I said let's put out a statement. Um, we'll I'll do it tomorrow morning when everybody's up in my side of the world. Your side of the world, let's deal with the now, we will put a statement and then let's go from there. And so during the time. And we're talking. Raj goes to me. Are, are you, Should we talk about terminating? I said. I think we have to put on the table because I said this is a very serious thing. Because you know, in India, throwing that word around is not exactly a smart thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. Even not even just in Indian in general. You shouldn't be saying these kind of stuff. I mean, who says? This? I mean, there's so many other words you could have used in that scenario that you could have not used that word. I mean, th- there was actually more words he could have said that were right than wrong. And and I don't know how he got let it on that one. Uh, and and. So next, so we said, okay, we have two options. One is of course, you know, firing, which was the one we all wanted. And then the second is if case, in case they say, no, just, you know, we find them in this, but next morning, after we thought about it, we said, no, we have to fire. them. So the first thing we had to do in the next morning was getting our legal stuff together. We're trying to get the legal notices. Cause you know, it's not like in like any other job, I can just like say fired. And you do, I have to make sure my legal things or contracts are honored. The, the, the everything else is going. So it took a little more time in the morning to get things going. And then finally, one time it Brown, it, I think it was 1 o'clock, 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock I think India time. I know he had to call him first uh, because we couldn't just put it out in the press first before doing it. We had to call him me his was some connection issues. So time, everything went down. I think it was around 11.30 in the morning, your time. Yeah, it was about everything we initially told him. And by 1 p.m., we put the uh, like 12.30, I think, was when the statement came out.
0: Of course, then after that, you had these initial reactions on Twitter, especially linking this to the site's form. So how did you exactly handle that?
2: What, what kind of made me make a clarification in the statement, because I saw IFWTC, or IWFTC, one of those two, I forget how the acronym, acronym is, but they had put something about saying that um, we had fired because of the results. And then I was responding to that tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, to make sure that it was like, you know, people were aware that that's not the reason why. Because I know the same was the biggest. I didn't want, I thought people would pick up on it because we, what, why would we fire him because of results? When it's like at this point in the season, we would have fired him. It was results have been like three, four weeks ago. wouldn't have been at the end of the season to fire someone. I thought we were going to pick that up. But then when I saw people were saying that it was because of results, I didn't put, put a kibosh on that and said, no, no, no. This is what it's really for. And I think even Manvasi, she had followed your tweet, uh, Lavanya, and then I, I, I was thinking, who should I respond to first? And I thought, I'll let me put it to the guy who gets the most viral. Not to say you don't get viral hits to Lamania. So simply, I'm not trying to. See, I thought that that, that, goes, that goes on the Instagram, that goes on this thing. So I wanted to do this stuff. Then I, I respond to yours directly because you were very well, very emotional, very well thought out um, a tweet. And I had to, I want to respond to that, even though uh, I was told not to respond directly to a lot of things because they want to make it legal, whatever the heck is. But I felt personally, I didn't want people to consider what was going on behind the scenes, the reasons why we did it. Listen, I, at the end of the day, uh, it was it was pretty shocking. I know people; some people might think that it was just an opportunistic person to do it, time to do it, but it really wasn't. I we, we didn't want to have this as a club thing,
1: right? Then Raj, you know, I wanted to ask you: no one really expects to walk into a job right away, and then you know, have a controversy like this that's raging. You know, like you walked in, uh, I mean, you join Odisha FC. Uh, close to two months ago and now you have you're dealing with one of the biggest controversies in the isl itself you know so how has it been for you how did you see it from where you were you were i think in the uk right like four and a half hours five hours behind us and how did you see the entire day how do you see the things through and how did you did you manage to get any sleep that night what was it like i'm sure you had like very troubled day or two at least to deal with and figure out how to solve this crisis
3: we heard the uh, the post-match interview and, uh, and from there it, it got, a, got a lot of traction, not just in, uh, in, in India. It got a lot of traction in the U.K. But as a football club, you know we, 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 we dealt with it immediately. You know we, we, were on the, we were on a call, a conference call. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, it was terminology that was used was to illustrate an extreme situation, which we're all aware of and was quite rightly condemned. Um, so that, that's, as I said, the football club. Um, dealt with it immediately even though we had time differences uh, it was we we, we were decisive
0: so what was that call to Stuart really like it is understandably a very difficult conversation to have given the circumstance and the kind of situation that we're dealing with right now so as management how did the two of you handle this particular conundrum
2: i I, I know Raj spoken directly. I didn't speak to him um, after the, the, to let him go. I know Raj did. I think from what I did hear, he was surprised. He's like, oh, it was like, a, like an expression. It was kind of like a thing that he kind of used it as like, uh, it was off the cuff. He thought, he, he thought people, it was just like a thing that it was like, I, I don't want to say it's like an expression. I think that was the word he said. And he said, I didn't mean it to be like a, so inflammatory. I just said, I think, I think as the news built up from the UK, because he thought of course, it forces, Indian media overreacting. And then he was, I think he was a little upset that I tweeted that he made him seem like I was, you know, not defending him. I said, look, I can't defend someone saying that. I don't know how, how you want me to play this role. Um, but I think I think where it really hit home for him is when he saw the complete, I mean, it was in it was in Washington Post. It was in my hometown newspaper, man. I mean, this was crazy. And, there, I, and it was Guardian. It was in, the, in Daily Mail. I mean, places where I dreamed about the club going to uh, now it's going for this reason was really shocking and upsetting to me because I was like, you know, I, I was one my hometown Washington Post cover what you see that this is, but this for this reason is so bad. And I think once that we got to CNN and in the South African press, I think then he realized he kind of may have effed up. And I think that's where uh, he was like, okay, because uh, the, the first I, from what again I didn't speak to him directly, so I don't know what was said, but what Raj was telling me is that the first call was a little bit more angry, like ah, ah, ah and then that's the second call with him to like kind of get them settled and all this stuff in terms of like, you know, financial settlement and stuff like that. Um, I think he had calmed down and realized that he made a mistake. And I think that's when he put his own statement out.
3: Obviously any, for, any, for any, any manager, it was a difficult situation and I'm sure anybody would be regretting what they say, but it would be remiss of me to disclose any private conversations, which I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll understand. Uh, but what I will say is that um, we, we have a duty of care and responsibility to, to our stakeholders, the Odisha government, the fan base you know we're a community club we're inclusive our fans are mixed they are boys girls men women and uh and so so for us it was very important and also on a, on a global stage as well it's very important that we uh that we we did the right thing and 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 which is what which is how how the outcome was i
2: i don't think Stuart, and this is i i, I do i'm not trying to throw him completely under, i mean i don't think he's a bad person i don't want to get on that thing where i feel like he's like he was saying misogynistic stuff throughout this time in India, that's not true. Um, I just think he said it in a in a in a in a fit of you know anger or whatever you call it. But that doesn't excuse the fact that all oh, words have consequences. At a public stage on live TV, uh, in a in a in a, in the country that is India, you can't say these inflammatory things. And unfortunately, you had to let him go because of that.
1: So you know, Rohan, while you know you and Raj are discussing uh, terminating Stuart Baxter's contract. What was the mood in the camp like? What were the players feeling? And, you know, when you did convey the decision to them to um, let go of the coach, what was their reaction like, you know, considering the fact that they would be without a coach for the remainder of the campaign? And it's been a tough season as it is, you know, without with the results not going that way. And now without a coach, it um, would have been perhaps just made that job a little tougher for them. So how did how did they take it and what was their um, reaction like?
2: We, we told, when Raj told the team, I mean, the t- team understood. The good thing is the team understood. Like, even the team was like, well, I mean, it's not like everybody was like, no, I think uh, we did a little too much. I think you're a little harsh on him. And but everybody was on board. Steven, um, you know, the Indian boys, they even thought so. The coaches, I mean, everybody, I mean, Coach Gary, who was his assistant coach, usually when a coach leaves, the assistant coach usually goes with the coach. But he stayed, I think, because he even realized, I think, well, I think you went a little too far. Um, and so I think that was the one nice thing is that the team kind of realized it. And I say nice, like, I don't know why we say it's nice, but people should be it should be obvious, not nice or not. People an obvious thing to, to to repel against, but um,
1: yeah. And you know, Raj, you come in, you know, to the ISL with more than two decades of managerial experience, having worked in Britain for so long. And you know, can you help us understand these events from that perspective? Like, did you ever have to face a situation of this kind early in your career? Is it something that you've already dealt with previously?
3: Yeah, that's right. I've not had to deal with a case such as this particularly. Uh, incident in, in 26 years but across football you come across all types of events um, it's well documented at Coventry we had uh, two players who, who had a, had a, a fight um, in, uh, in the, at the training ground one of the players uh, you know, it was physically hurt and that was dealt with internally um, so, so yeah in football there will always be incidents and it depends on how the club deals with it it depends on the severity of the situation the circumstances and uh, so, and football will always, always be very intense. The dressing room is intense, um, and and that's something that perhaps not anybody who's not worked in the industry will always understand. You know, even for players or managers, their, their jobs are at stake. The results are critical. We, we live in a world now of social media, digital, where every action is is, uh, is scrutinised. And so it's 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 very very important that that you know there is a there's a semblance of uh, of understanding that, of the intensity of of, where, of football. So yes, I've come across incidents, but not not the incident I came across last week.
0: So in the sort of broader perspective of things, I think what this entire controversy also meant for us is that it brought up a conversation about how trivializing things like sexual harassment is so commonplace in sport language between fans, between people who play or watch the sport. So in that sense, this decision was important because it got a lot of people talking about how maybe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. There were a lot of people who thought this was a little too extreme a step to take for just someone saying something about rape. So in that sense, um, what message do you want this decision of yours to send out to the larger fan bases out there? And what do you think about how normal this actually is on ground in front of, like, between fans? And what do you hope that this will help change? Listen,
2: I think that in today's world, we have to be always conscious of the fact of what we say. And I, I do think that we have this history and I'm throwing, because, you know, again, there are three guys on this call and, you know, we tend to do this bro culture in the way that we say things and we just are careless with what our word says i i don't want this to be the norm of, of you know football and i didn't want this to be a, something like i said we represent so i thought even though people might think that it's a harsh action to fire someone because of something you said out of anger we just can't let these even these subtle thoughts you know what i mean like it's not if you're just saying out of anger what would you you know is that like your instinct to say these things we should try to break the the norm of this normative stuff of saying things like this and and out of the way. So we try to be more conscious of the fact that even people, I, I even hear people who say racial epithets when they're losing in FIFA and all this stuff. And does I make that right to do it? You know, imagine had something like that. Um, but I think is a, a responsibility we have as you know, football sports teams are kind of like idol, idols. People, I mean, I'm not saying we're the Champions We're the bottom of the table. Look, we're the bottom of the table. Nobody's like saying I want to be the Champions right now. But this fact of is, we're a public team, a public organization, and. We can't allow these things to be said by any of our employees or our players and stuff like that. It would have been even if one of our best players would have said that, I would have had to take action like that because it's, it's just not right and it's just not the way we want to have things. And I'm hoping this thing, the example that you know, that actions have consequences to this, it's not like this kind of free for all that if you, you know, we will pay it or do something on the table and just kind of hide it away. Um, I've like I said, I've seen too many NFL teams do this, I've seen too many sports america do the wrong things i didn't want to be one of those teams i uh, i always when i would see like i remember the, i was giving an example earlier uh with the and how when ray rice had that incident i don't know if you guys heard about that here ray rice punched his wife with the full of his strength in the elevator and like dragged by the hair it was graphic awful awful it took him like you know, two weeks for them to do it. they did a press conference with her the wife and the guy it was like a really awkward bad way to handle it like, it was a mess and then recently the Seahawks had some other guy who was who was wife went to the hospital for domestic abuse, and they still took more than a day to do it. And that's when you saw the pictures, and it's like, I didn't want this club to have that. And for people who do say this, and the guys, yes, guys, we have a responsibility to change the way we say, it. and I'm trying to be preachy. Um, we don't have that same fear as women do every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had a lot of friends who are survivors, and I don't know how they've talked to me about. Their trauma and you know privately and all this stuff it, it makes a difference in how we change the way we speak and how we hear the situation and i and i'm sure in india i'm not, i don't want to be presumptuous because i'm you know even though i'm half indian i don't you know live in india but from what i've heard you know it, it's not always i don't want to problem with this because i saw a lot of people in europe uh, like painting with a broad stroke about india and i also don't want that to be the case but because I mean, it's everywhere in the world it's not just in india but I know we can be a little insensitive, and not a little, we can be insensitive, and I just hope that, you know, this is the kind of way that people kind of realize that, you know, this is what we have to do. If there's an instance like this, it's dealt with swiftly, dealt with hard, and it could be anything. It could be about, you know, rape, r- racial stuff. I mean, anything for me, that's not what this club is about. That's not what we wanted to do. That's not what my ideology. Even if someone was homophobic, uh, I would have been very pissed off at that, too. I mean, I don't, you don't let that kind of crap happen in you I saw people like saying good job, but I don't. I still like thought like you know why you know it's so bad that people are telling me good job about this. You know instead of saying he did that he just did was normal. Well. Isn't this what everybody should be doing? It's not like I'm doing something. I'm not doing anything above and beyond. It's just doing something that it should be done.
1: So that's what the management at ODSFC told us about um, the termination of Stuart Baxter's contract. Now, in the days that followed the controversy, Stuart Baxter um, did give a statement to a South African news website, and I will read it out as, it, as, as follows. Um, it must be clear and simple that I distance myself from any sympathetic position on gender-based crimes and violence. My comments, though wholly inappropriate and misplaced, were also out of context. People that know me, Know that getting it wrong does not reflect any of my views as a father, grandfather, a citizen and husband. There's never been any sort of suspicion that I am not wholly against violence towards females. It would be cowardly, I think is despicable and I have always made my views known. This is not who I am and anybody that knows me, knows who I am. When you lose a job, it's important to me. The biggest pain I am feeling now is that I have not spoken in the way that reflects how I feel and therefore people are questioning me. That hurts more than losing my job. So this is what Stuart Baxter had said to a South African News website. And in all fairness, we tried to reach out to him as well. We got in touch with Stuart Baxter through email, but he responded to us saying he would not want to comment at this point, considering the legal. Uh, he's bound legally to not talk about it currently. And um, he chose not to give us a statement at this point.
0: Sham, before we sort of move ahead with the episode and even talk about this any further, I think one thing that, sort of stands out to me at least personally is how this entire experience the way it played out online the way the owners and the president also spoke to us and even the way Stuart Baxter sort of responded to this as uh, gender-based crimes sort of only looks at women as the victim because you and I both know when we caught up with uh, Rohan and Raj as well they were very concerned about women's safety in India they were very concerned about the message it sends out about women's safety. I mean, I know this is, again, sort of deviating from the point. But in this entire conversation, since we're having it anyway, and since we're having it with a group that can get a little toxic, like sporting fan groups, I think it's important to understand that sexual harassment, trivializing sexual harassment, rape in this case, is not something just women go through. Like at this point is where you do the whataboutry of what about men, because men go through it as well. And probably with a lot more stigma than women might at, at several points. So I just wish that this, again, I might be nitpicking, but I wish that nuance was there. That this isn't, as much as women have been historically more affected or as much as this is a, you know, a more important conversation that the country is having, this is something that people of all gender labels sort of go through and the solidarity needs to be with all of them, irrespective of what kind of gender label they wish to assign to themselves I think this solidarity should have extended all over there. So I hope that message has sort of gone into the sort of conversations we have about sexual harassment. Especially considering we've had a very landmark uh, judgment go up today as well. As we record this actually, the day that we're recording this, we've had a very important judgment in the Me Too movement. It should sort of sit down with fans the same way. Yeah, that's all I had to say before we sort of move ahead. But yeah, the larger question does remain right, Chum? I mean, we can talk about this and this is a conversation that's going to continue probably for the rest of our lives. But as things stand right now, we still have football to discuss. And Odisha FC unfortunately finds itself not in the greatest of positions at the moment. And the fact that this is what they're going to remember the season for is as unfortunate as things can get. But can you give us a sort of a lowdown as to what's happening on the field? What does it look like for them considering the league stage is now coming to an end?
1: So Odisha FC's troubles on the field continue. They are rooted to the bottom of the table with 9.18 matches. They've only won one game so far and have drawn six and lost 11 matches. The so three, Goa, which is today uh, on the 17th of February, they've lost to Goa 3-1, which essentially means they will finish at the bottom of the table. They can't overtake 10 placed uh, Kala Blasters. And they also lost their um, South African midfielder and Cole Alexander today, who picked up a hamstring injury, which looks like his his season's pretty much done so yes, their troubles have continued. I mean Gerard Payton, Gerard Payton, the assistant coach, um Stuart Baxter's assistant, has been named the interim coach and he has obviously, you know, changed the lineups around. He's given a few more a few more players look ins. But it's been tough. It's been it's not been it's been anything but easy for the club given the poor results on the pitch, as well as having their head coach um, terminated for in the manner that he was in the manner that it happened, given the circumstances and given what he said. So it's been anything but easy on them. But again, you know, um, it's a club that has... It's a club that promotes youngsters. It's a club that has one of the youngest squads this season. And also has a lot of quality um, foreign players as well. In Stephen Taylor, Jacob Tratt. And um, Cole Alexander who's now injured. might matter of time before they click. Perhaps this wasn't a good season for them. But I mean, now obviously nothing left for them this season. Can they got two games left. One is against Mumbai City FC on the 24th of February. And the last game will be against SCS Bengal on the 27th of February. So it's all about pride for them. For the Kalinga Warriors. It's all about pride at this point. And while we hope they can wrap up their season with at least one move-in, there will be something for them to look forward to.
0: Absolutely. So I think at the end of this, we would like to extend our gratitude to the management at Odisha FC and even to Stuart Baxter for that matter for just responding to our requests to have a conversation about this. These are conversations we need to have on the side of sport. So I'm glad we got to do that. Uh, And I understand this is a very, very sober sort of an episode. But we do have things that we need to plug as is routine. And uh, one of them is our subscription call because these are conversations we want to keep having with you. And the only way we can do that is if you subscribe to this podcast. Uh, You can do that wherever it is that you listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. Just find us and click that subscribe button. If you have the notifications icon, click that as well so that you don't miss an episode from us. Uh, this conversation itself, the ones that we've had with Rohan and uh, Mr. Rajatwal, they were part of larger conversations that we've had about the club as well, isn't it, Sham?
1: They want to eventually also um, fill a women's team in the Indian Women's League and start off an entire academy process for... they already got an academy process in, in, in place for, 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 for the boys and girls, but they want to have a full-fledged academy where they can train them through the year and also offer them education. So it makes it a very holistic approach. So they want to have a proper um, academy of sorts. And also, you know... Um, Mr. did hint at the fact that they would, uh, in the future, also want to tie up with some English clubs to give them, uh, to bring in a sense of more um, professionalism, and a sense of how things do work abroad as well, to get the technical expertise from the top-level English clubs. So that's something they're looking at as well. But this season is, 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 I mean, there's been no ground activation, there's been no um, community engagement as such.
0: Plus, the pandemic as well. The recovery from the pandemic is another thing that they have sort of really stressed on in their plans going forward. But yeah, of course, because um, this episode is what it's about, we're going to reserve this part of the conversation for a little later when it's a little more appropriate to speak about economic and financial things of the club. Uh, but for this episode, we hope there was something for all of y'all to take away from this conversation as well and from the developments on a whole. Um, we're glad we got to see something like this pan out the way it did because it sends out a good message, even though it is the right thing to do. And uh, Sham will be back with his usual... Uh, attendees in the podcast uh, because of course we've got the playoffs uh, coming up really soon so they've got a lot of very very interesting content lined up for you so I hope you stick around to listen to that. Uh, Sham looks very excited I know you can't see his face right now but he looks very very excited to bring all of that to you so make sure you keep listening to the full-time show um, and of course Sham, Ashin, and our entire team is bringing you the Indian Super League in the highest capacity we possibly can right from live (laughs) blogs and uh, continuous coverage to of course this podcast and interviews and everything else do make sure you log on to our website www.sportstar.thehindu.com and the other thing we want to tell you about is of course it is that time of the year where our annual Sportstar Aces Awards comes back and um, this time I know several of you guys must be thinking 2020 we had no sport only what are you guys gonna like sit and award now uh, no fear, this time we're dealing with the greatest of the decade. So we're going to be looking at best moments, best athletes from the 10 years that have gone by. And voting is currently open. So you can go over to sportsstar.thohindu.com slash aces hyphen awards. I'll make the link available. I know this is a lot of links to throw at you. I'll make the link available in the description. Please go and vote for your favorite cricketers, footballers, uh, badminton players, even moments of the decade. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening there. And voting closes on February 28th. So make sure you don't waste too much time. So have you voted, Chum? Of course I have.
1: Indian football fans, this is a big opportunity for us to vote as well. We've got Sunil Chhetri in the reckoning. We've got um, Bangalore FC's as well. Bala Devi. Yeah, of course. So yes, we've got a lot of big, big wigs who have been nominated. And it will be great if you guys can go... Spread the word about Indian football as well. We've got Indian footballers, Indian football clubs, part of the part of Sports Aces Awards. So it'd be great if you guys could share and, yes, make your voice count. Please do go ahead and
0: vote. And when you do that, we're going to take a little bit of a break and then come back to you with another episode very soon. Until then, I guess it's goodbye from Lavanya and...
1: From Sham.
0: <laughs> all right, guys, take care. Until the next episode, it's goodbye from all of us here at Sports Star.